1: Shall we begin? Next subject,
0: Kowalski-Leon. Engineer waste disposal. File section, new employee, six days.
2: Come in. Sit down. Care if I talk? I'm kind of nervous when I take tests. Uh, j- just please don't cough. All right, I, I already did my Drew's clues this year. I don't think I've ever had one of these. Reaction
3: time is a factor in these. So please, pay attention. Now answer as quickly as you can. Sure. Hmm. Literary adaptation...
2: That's the genre. What? F- for the movie. Nice pick? Th- yeah, that part of the test? No, just warming up, that's all. Oh, it's not not fancy or anything.
3: Hmm. You're watching a movie, relaxing and sitting down, when all of a sudden...
2: Is this the test now?
3: Yes. You're relaxing and sitting down, when all of a sudden you look down. What one? What? What movie? It doesn't make any difference what movie. It's, it's completely hypothetical. But how come I'd be watching it? Maybe you're fed up. Maybe you wanted to go by yourself. Who knows? You look down and you see a podcast notification, Leon. It's prompting you to download it. A
2: podcast? What's that? Know what radio is? Of course. Same thing. I never listen to the radio, but I understand what you mean. You reach down. You dismiss the notification, Leon. Do you make up these questions, Mr. Holden? Or
3: do they write them down for you? The podcast now sits there in your queue, ready to be downloaded, waiting to be listened to. You know the hosts are wanting you to even call their hotline. (laughs) Reviews will remain stagnant if you do nothing. But you're not helping. What do you mean I'm not helping? I mean you're not helping. Why is that, Leon? They're just questions, Leon. In <laughs> to answer your query, they're written down for me. It's a test designed to provoke emotional response. Shall we continue? Describe in single words only the good things that come into your mind about your movie choices.
2: My movie choices? Yeah. Let me tell you about my movie choices. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Heroic fantasy, bitch! <laughs> well,
3: ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Fills Podcast. We are excited that you are here. If this is your first time joining us, we here on the Real Feels Podcast review a brand new movie every two weeks, fortnightly! Fortnightly! Of a different genre every single time with a specially chosen movie by one of our hosts. And... Tonight, we are very much delving into my genre pick, Literary Adaptation, which I tell you right now was a bitch! The shoes on the other (laughs) foot! There's so many books. It's like they were there before movies. You've done a man's work! (laughs) So, I kind of, I kind of went, uh, you know, outside of my, outside of my realm of, you know, fantasy and my preferred horror, but, uh, I could not get away from science fiction. And I am a huge, huge fan of Philip K. Dick, and a lot of his move, a lot of his books have been adapted into films that are really iconic. And I know a lot of us, you know, very much love. So tonight is 1982's Blade
1: Runner. So That was a very good year, 1982. Oh, was that when Jack was G- born? Yes, yes it was.
3: Aww. Oh, we, we have now a, a time when
1: Jack was... <laughs> I've the world. seen things you people wouldn't believe.
2: <laughs> How old am I? How long do I have? I want more life! Four
1: years. Longer than you. Longer than you. <laughs>
0: I'm kind of nervous when I take tests. Take tests.
2: I've got four skin jobs walking the street. Walking street. They're either a benefit or a
0: hazard. They're a benefit, it's not my problem. Not my problem. I'm Rachel. Deckard. Have you ever retired a human by mistake? By mistake? By mistake? No.
3: I need the old Blade Runner. Blade Runner. This is a bad, bad.
0: How can it not know what it is? If only you could see what I've seen. What I've seen. What I've seen. More human than human is our motto. Disappear but you come after me. I No, you but somebody would It's too bad she won't live I can see you time to die Will you help us what seems to be the problem? Death. I want more life. An experiment, nothing more, nothing more. More human than human is our model.
3: Runner, directed by Ridley Scott, featuring Mr. Harrison Ford, Edward James
2: Olmos. Never tell
1: me the odds.
2: Real, real <laughs> quick, real quick. Is it co-directed by Ridley Scott or did is just what I watched co-directed? by Ridley Scott. Oh, it could. Now here here's
1: the There rub. are here's many the many versions. <laughs> there are many many versions of the film. I watched the final cut on Hulu, the final cut, which I uh, think is 2000s- the, the better hey!
0: one. <laughs> so,
3: uh, 2007's the final cut is the final version that Ridley Scott 100% had a ha- creative hand in. Now, if you actually go into every single version that did hit theaters, there are seven different versions of Blade Runner.
2: Shoot us priest. <laughs>
3: That's a lot of
1: origami. <laughs> that's a lot of
3: origami. What? Uh, Harrison Ford, Edward James, almost Rudger Howard, uh, Sean Young, M. Emmett Walsh, who uh, who plays the uh, the police chief Bryant, Daryl Hannah, obviously you know from Splash. William Sanderson plays J.F. Sebastian. He also
1: played uh, E.B. Farnum in the iconic HBO Deadwood series.
3: Yes, I did. Yes, I. Looking at him, you're like, oh, that's right. You're Deadwood. You're
2: you're in Deadwood. But, so. I actually know because I haven't watched Deadwood, but I know him from a sh- from a movie called Andersonville, which I know that we've talked about a couple of times, Jack. And I think that you That's, watched it. That sounds
3: vaguely familiar.
2: It's a it's a Civil War movie um, about a Confederate-owned prison camp of Union soldiers.
1: I'm aware of it. I don't think I've ever seen mm. it though.
2: It's okay. It's not the tops in terms of. Uh, Civil War movies But it is It's definitely worth a it's, watch It's no Gettysburg Or gods and generals Yeah Okay whoa <laughs> It's no glory Okay let's just say It's no glory Few things are Few things are Give him hell 54 <laughs> uh, When I saw him in this I kind of was. Oh alright there you are. Yeah. So Brian James plays Leon and
3: Brian James was in our, uh, movie for our space, o- space opera genre of fifth element. He's the colonel mm-hmm. who didn't want to, he, he was he, he was like the right hand man to the president, I think. Uh, no, he said like, uh, uh pictures, pictures for a uh, documentary purpose. Give me
0: the cash. <laughs> give, me
3: the, give me the, cash. <laughs> uh, Joe Turkle is Dr. Um, Tyrell, who, is probably more notable for, aside from this film, in The Shining, as the bartender.
2: Turkleton? Oh,
3: right, go ahead.
1: Your credit <laughs> is always good. <laughs> How about a drink, sir? Those
3: bifocals that he had on were so thick. I mean, like, if you need a definitive, like, experience of, like, Coke bottle glasses, those have to be it.
1: Did you also mention James Hong?
3: Oh I'm getting to James Hong. I had, I had two I had two more. I had uh Joanna Cassidy played Zora and then finally James Hong plays Chu, Hannibal Chu. I, I only do eyes. Yeah. And
1: uh, he is also David Lo Pan and uh, oh, a few yeah. years later 1986 in Big Trouble Little China. And I think Jack Black's dad in the uh Kung Fu Panda? Um, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yes, the, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. The noodle the noodle ostrich or the noodle gun of goose or whatever ostrich.
3: he is. And I got to say we we did get some voicemails on our two line. We did get some calls.
1: The Tooch line. line's gonna get you tonight. <laughs> can we
3: play them? Did they give us authorization? We can totally play them. Yeah. So the first one is from Thomas from Cast. He, uh, he plays D&D with me on that podcast. And he had some few words to say about the Matrix.
0: What's up, guys? This is Thomas from Cast. I've got something about the Matrix that gives me the realest feel. You know that pipe that they, they so gloriously remove from his throat as he comes out of stasis? Yeah, there's probably one in the other end, too. Bye, guys.
3: The next one was from uh, Donnie, also from cast. Donnie is formerly of More Gooder Than podcast. However, they're not completely gone. Like, they're not recording things, but they always said that they would maybe come back periodically, which they uh, they recently did for when uh, Sean Connery passed away.
2: That trio was broken. No, what is dead may never die. It been <laughs> remade.
3: <laughs> and Donnie had some special words about Big Trouble in Little China.
0: Hey, hey, real... Fields? Is that what, it's, what you call it? Real Fields. Uh, looking through your repertoire, notice that you haven't reviewed the best movie ever made in history. Uh, when are you going to do Big Trouble in
2: Little China? Keep it real, Fields. Real Fields. That's a good question, Donnie. Uh, what are we going to do? lot a
1: little uh, human centipede there yeah. on the uh, the first <laughs> message uh, I, I I get where you're coming from you're one continuous <laughs> tube uh, and then should I uh- use the
2: cuttlefish <laughs>
1: Oh God. I still have a uh, cult classic uh in my my genre choices for this year uh and it is not locked in in fact that has that's going to be the most grueling decision to do with an awesome genre like cult I classic. Too. it could just it could be so many awesome things amazing things it's so
3: specific yet so broad
2: if this was uh, the voice would would Jack Chirp big trouble kinda walks up and starts like playing <laughs> black, yeah, like, blood the around around black blood of <laughs> blood (laughs) of the earth
1: so oil no black blood black blood black blood (laughs) (laughs) yes yes from the bottom of our hearts to the top of my tooth
2: thank you guys for calling in we love
1: we appreciate it it's
2: (laughs) the tooth is a it's a sensitive area
1: it's located (laughs) between the zones of pleasure and waste
3: (laughs) okay Director Ridley Scott, very much famous for uh, you know, Aliens. Okay, I think that's probably his other biggest claim to fame. However, we also have... Or
1: Alien, because James Cameron did Alien. Sorry,
3: you are correct. Sorry. I I don't know why I added the S. Yes. It is Alien. Uh, you also have Legend. Gladiator. Gladiator. Are you not
1: entertained? Are you Psychic not entertained? Frost makes the blade
3: stick. Thelma and Louise. Hannibal. Uh, this is a repeat director, because uh, Rid- uh Ridley Scott also directed Ooh. Matchstick Men, and that Bullshit was the, that was one of our films. <laughs> Bullshit mon. Kingdom of Heaven, The Martian, mm-hmm. Prometheus, like the Alien Marches. Covenant, and I just and I, I saw I saw it on his IMDb, and I'm super excited for it. Academy Award-winning film Gladiator, Gladiator Two is coming out. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited, yet I'm also nervous because I'm thinking, what are you going
1: to? Gladiator Two, Commodus Strikes Back.
2: Speaking of Gettysburg, boom! Yeah, did not know that. So there I mean, you go. Again, mm-hmm. a, a huge plethora in
3: his repertoire, and he's been around. He's done, he's very, been around. very, very, you know, well-known director, very well-established.
2: Jack's favorite, <laughs> Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. No, Everything different I Robin do. Hood No, no, not that oh, Robin Hood, that Robin Hood. I'm This is completely ignoring you Robin Hood <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. garbage Robin Hood Garbage time You take that Australian trash print Russell, Russell Crowe Robin Hood
3: than the new one that came out With uh, Jamie Fox. God,
1: that was awful <laughs> Yeah uh, uh, with, yes. with like the submachine gun crossbows mm-hmm. Parkour and the pa- Parkour <laughs> No, I, I I will take Alan Rickman and a spoon over that <laughs> yeah, any day of the we week. We all will. We oh, all will. Hell, I would take men in tights over that any day of the <laughs> I week. I think most people would.
2: I think you would have to, what? Coming, we're so busy. <laughs> the Sean Connery Robin Hood made Marion? Yeah, no. Yes, no? No love for that?
1: Yeah. You just wanted to work this into a first nice, <laughs> don't you? Never <laughs> <No, I
3: laughs> surrender! This is- The second.
2: (laughs) Blade Runner.
1: Blade Runner. (laughs) We gathered these
3: deflections in the forest. Uh, Blade Runner is the movie we're talking about.
2: Harrison Ford touches anything and gold, except when he lost his Midas touch and he did, what was it, like, Homicide Detective or, like, Homicide? Oh, didn't, oh, um... Hollywood
1: Homicide. Oh, there, no, with there was. Not kill Kutcher. my wife. No, that was a fugitive. That actually was a good movie. Would well, you like that movie? The oh, fugitive. Oh, no, no, not the fu- Yeah, no, no. No, 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 of course. Every indoor, outhouse, tool shed, backyard, doghouse. No, I, I think I think he's he's
3: referring to Hollywood Homicide, which I swear to God is Ashton Kutcher like co.
2: Yeah, and it's when he got his. I think when he got his ear pierced, and I really think that that like oh. and, uh, I don't know was I that the moment. Is, you had K 19 groovy old man. had yeah, The Widowmaker <laughs> right before that, which I mean isn't a bad film. It's it's okay.
1: And he married then- to Ally McBeal. And just everything changed. I, I don't. There is a certain point in Harrison's Ford. Harrison Ford's career where he he Nicholas caged <laughs> where he just started playing Harrison Ford for every role. Like he was no longer really acting; he was just, "I'm here for the paycheck." Fuck off,
2: Hollywood homicide. That's the perfect example of it. Like, I feel like he phoned it in. Like he he was Bruce Willis in um, like in half the shit Bruce half the, Willis, half Willis does half the
3: shit that Bruce Willis does.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. god. Just literally <laughs> phoning my- it in. Don't give a shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get off my plane. Uh, so this was uh, Ridley Scott's favorite. Yes, movie, and then this was also Harrison Ford's one of his least favorite movies.
3: There was a lot of animosity between the two. They had they had creative differences while on set,
1: mm-hmm. and he I guess he didn't want to have to wear a uh, a hat because he was coming off of Indiana Jones, so he went out and got that sort of. Mm-hmm. contemporary modernistic haircut that, uh, it looks good in the film. Right, it gives yeah. him a nice, a different spin. But uh, I guess Ridley Scott was not a fan of that. Not quite uh, Marco Ramius's infamous penis uh, rat tail from uh, Hunt for the Red October. <laughs> Give me but, one
3: uh,
2: ping. I,
1: I uh, think
3: it works. I think it works out for him. I don't think it's necessarily like a huge issue. The only other issue that he had, like, an had a real problem with, with in some of the versions, like the original cut, there's like this narration at the beginning where... Deckard is basically just giving you A rundown of like what's happening In the movie which is kind of very film Noir-esque like very Maltese Falcon Style but he gave such a Lackluster performance in That recording yet he Still to this day like Professes that he gave it his all Just the writing for the narration was Shit but I mean mm-hmm. it's you know it's no Sean Connery from a crapper You know I'm going, in Spain oh, I right remember. now <laughs>
2: It's not my first rodeo.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's not my first rodeo. Sean (laughs) Connery. Some narrations don't act
1: well to boys. Too soon. I should try (laughs) reading scripts instead of burning.
3: (laughs) Uh, So Blade Runner had a budget of 28 million dollars the gross was 32.8 million cumulative worldwide gross 41.6 million dollars
1: <laughs> it was not successful no but it also opened on the same weekend as ET e. e. and the thing yes. john carpenter's the thing which even and the thing
3: so, suffered to ET
2: ET is, e. is like yeah. a black hole for movies like you get near it and like you have no chance this little maneuver is gonna cost us fifty-one years. <laughs>
1: Even the video games. I mean, but it
2: is kind of interesting, right? <laughs> Buried in
3: landfills. <laughs> that poor, poor video game. If you ever watch, there's a documentary called Video Games the Movie, and they discuss the E.T. video game, how it was rushed and it was just garbage, and people wanted their money back, and they're all it's like Cyberpunk. we can't ever, Ooh, we can't oh, ever push it.
0: out Yeah, they
3: they buried that shit in a landfill And they covered it up So no one would ever find another copy of it again It's kind of like George Lucas saying like I will find every copy of Life Day The Holiday Special and burn it Thanks, YouTube The thing wasn't, uh, you know, received well when it first came out Just like Blade Runner Yet both of them now are so, so well-respected. So, I mean, it's interesting to see well, what time they've, does.
1: They've become cult classics in their own right. Right. Very much so. And uh, it, and, a, and a big part of that, I think, was uh, they'd somebody had found a a 70-millimeter ver- version of this, a mm-hmm. uh, film version of this, and they were doing a 70-millimeter film revival. Uh, I think this was the late 80s or early 90s in L.A., and when they screened it, it was an unseen cut. It was one of those seven cuts. And so they originally billed it as the director's cut, but Ridley Scott came out and said, no, it, I, I won't endorse that. But that also drummed up a lot of mm-hmm. additional sort of uh, awareness of it.
3: It's it's interesting to look at how many things went down when they were trying to cast it, because like Rutger Hauer was already assigned to the role without ever being met by Ridley Scott, much like we have you know with Highlander where it's like, oh, he was cast, but he didn't speak a lick of English. So like Rutger Hauer showed up on the set with his already bleached white hair, bright pink pants, like a neon green shirt. And and Ridley Scott's first impression is like, oh shit, what did I do?
1: <laughs> Lots of different or just, places.
2: Or just grab him grab him
1: (laughs) (laughs) no but uh retker hauer in the role as roy is it's probably one of his finest oh yeah finest roles and he plays he's literally chewing the scenery especially towards the end Mm. oh my god but he took the money that he earned from um blade runner and bought a yacht that he christened the blade runner good investment nice
3: i think i think that's a very good investment People that were actually potentially going to play the role of Decker, which Harrison Ford was not the first pick. You actually had Dustin Hoffman up as the
1: first pick to play Decker. Yeah, yeah. Rep, rep, replicants not gotta follow the eyes. Uh, <laughs> follow the eyes. Yeah, the replicants. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, yeah, not, a human. Uh, not, he was, not a human. He was deemed.
3: He was deemed not to be manly enough. Thank God you have Harrison Ford coming off of Star Wars and Indiana Jones to kind of, you know, make the mark for that. But you also had uh Al Pacino, Tommy Lee Jones, Sean Connery yet again, up for, you know, ideals of another of another role. Uh you had Burt Reynolds, Jack
2: Nicholson. Burt Reynolds. Uh Gene Hackman. That would have and, been
3: Yeah, Burt Reynolds.
2: Intense.
3: Yeah. For Deckard. For Deckard. Are you Deckard Kane? <laughs> well, I'm wearing his underwear. That'd be weird if I wasn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Roy,
1: you're my number one <laughs> A
2: guy They say that uh, when When Rutger was doing that scene uh, At the end, you know, just Bashing his head through drywall uh, He was, you know, a little nervous And Ridley Scott grabbed him and said What are you prepared to do? And he said, oh,
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> What
2: <laughs> are you prepared to yeah. do? That's a joke It's a joke it, <laughs>
3: It's an interesting concept for the fact that the, that the movie is based off of Philip K. Dick's novel "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" and yet it didn't take the title from there. It took the basic storyline of it. The title actually came from another novel, actually called "Blade Runner," where in a futuristic dystopian setting, healthcare is provided for all who can afford it. So you have a black market doctor providing medical care and surgeries for people. So that's the Blade Runner, like you know, it's the doctor on the run with a scalpel. I,
1: I, I think I've read that book. There's a young lady. Her name is Ever Katniss, did? and she volunteers as tribute for her <laughs> sister, uh, who because they're going to take her organs. <laughs> was that it?
3: Yeah, you know, what? it's close enough. It's uh, ding, ding, ding. it's it's almost on the mark.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, uh, must be wrong. Must be confused. <laughs> Oh, Jack.
2: I had a lot of problems <laughs> early in the film. Um. Okay, so. Really?
1: With what, though? This I'm curious.
2: Whole kind of like dystopian future, I look at a lot of things like the. There'd be a lot of lack of resources, uh, primarily, I think, wood. So. I don't know. LA but, well, was on fire in the intro, big, and I think like, that's pretty apt um, for 2020. Almost like uh, burn offs from. Which is, which is fine, but like... Light, wood. Yeah, the like off I from the not know and why stuff. I saw this and was like, that's weird. These wooden chopsticks, and he's doing the sanding, you know, the shaving them. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have wood, like, just to spare on chopsticks. Like, this shit's, like, valuable now. Wood? For just... <laughs> when." Okay, <laughs> So
1: it's the chopsticks that take you that's out just of the That's one of
2: the things. But again... <laughs> <laughs> I swear I
3: thought there was a demon in this thing. <laughs> Why hasn't he prestiged a paladin from cleric?
2: But yeah, there, there's just there's little parts like that that I was just kind of oh, like Oh my goodness. Huh. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's not perfect. It's it's definitely a movie that you have to kind of go, okay, like it it's raining all the time, all the time.
1: Uh, film noir, well, film yes. noir.
2: It's film no. noir. Like it's futuristic film noir.
3: And I think you I think you also got to like you know, kind of take into consideration that this is this is a uh, futuristic Los Angeles. Everything that's in their environment, like if you see, most people are all covered up. They have heavy like, you know, raincoats, face masks, umbrellas that but light it, up all the time. A newspaper. It's like. Right. But it's also after a nuclear fallout. Like that's that's the canon for the world. So that's also why you have so many animals that are not alive. That's why everything is a
2: synthetic. But that's why I think it's weird that they wouldn't be doing more digital, like, tablets. It and was so, still and I 1982. Get I get it. I get it. I get it. But,
3: I mean, you have- Nathan, they thought we were going to be in this future in 2019. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, to 2020, <laughs> oh we, we, get, we get a flaming state and a in, uh, capital insurrection, for cried out loud.
2: <laughs> and Jesus. a pandemic. When I was in <laughs> elementary school, I had a trapper keeper. Oh hell yeah, trapper <laughs> keeper! You all know it.
1: We all have one.
2: On it was t- 2012, and it was this kid on this like surfboard above the city and i was like dude i can't <laughs> wait for my surfboard to be flying across the city it's gonna be great like <laughs> tw- 2012 i'm there well, we, in like the 1980s world fair they thought we
3: would already be colonizing the moon and having like a, a dwelling there like total recall and again another novel by philip k dick like should have already should have already <laughs> happened uh, apparently
1: uh, then <laughs> 2020 we have to argue about what's truth so go figure
3: Yeah. But I mean, okay, it's film noir. It's futuristic Los Angeles. You have Deckard in the rain sitting down trying to order some noodles, but he's being brought back into his job as a Blade Runner in which that is to hunt down these illegal replicants, synthetic humanoids that are illegal on the planet, especially this version of this Nexus 6 model who became violent and rebelled. And he has to hunt them down and not he doesn't kill them. It's called retiring. But he's retired. He's He is retired. He's, he's being brought in, he's being brought back in by Bryant.
1: I, I often wonder, like, is this almost a a Star Trek where everything has gone wrong? Like instead of humanity reaching the pinnacle and giving away their, you know, money and earthly possessions, like instead of Enterprise, we end up with fucking space slaves and deckard.
3: Well, I mean it's interesting because you have you have it already confirmed that Blade Runner is in the same cinematic universe as Alien. And the screen inside uh Graf's, you know, uh spinner. His, his uh, hovering flying police car, it, it has that same screen that says, like, you know, warning, purge, mm-hmm. which is the same screen in Alien. So it's the same technology that's being used.
1: You now have eight minutes to re- reach safe destination or safe blast location. <laughs> Sorry, I just watched Aliens last week.
3: <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's interesting enough. I It does see the fact that, obviously, the Earth has not gone to a point that Star Trek has. They're not unifying they're, they're, they're kind of like living in the fa- again the fallout Of a nuclear war that went awry 9 Things billion
2: d- All Borg <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Things are that's, dead That's
2: all the Star Trek stuff I know Thanks for everyone, thanks for having me on guys like, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> Oh, if Nathan's chest had been a cannon He would have shot his heart upon the beast
2: <laughs> <laughs> John Luke, blow up the damn ship <laughs> No
3: But I mean much like Star Trek You do have humanitarian issues That are being addressed in this film A lot of this is talking about you know empathy Which is the biggest thing of the void comp test That it's actually testing for And with Deckard's characterization growing throughout the film, he's slowly and surely realizing that these replicants, these, synthet- these synthetic humans, these copies of us, these not true people are
1: actually a bit more human than we really are. So this we, we can't discuss this movie without discussing, is Deckard... A replicant himself. According to Ridley Scott. And there's, <laughs> it, 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 and it really depends. You know, George, uh, Ridley Scott says, of course. Uh, Harrison Ford's character was a replicant but uh, Harrison Ford said no it was all and Riker Howard confirms that no it was always supposed to be Harrison Ford being a human and then there are, are there there are theories uh, that uh, Deckard mm-hmm. was a, a new model a Nexus 7 that didn't have the, sort of the physical super strength and endurance but had the emotional and intellectual capacity uh, to better maybe pass right. as a, a real human. Uh, w- what's your guys take on this? I mean there's no real right answer.
3: Well, okay, M- much like to the theory, to the fact that the theory that he is a newer version of a nexus model and he does have the emotional capacity of a person. One, I think it definitely should show that they that he has a like a habitual habit process because he literally is drinking all the time in the film. So, it's a robot who's an alcoholic. I don't know if I would say that he can't necessarily deal out a punch. But he's gotta be super tough, because he's getting his ass kicked left and right around the movie, so he can definitely take a punch. However, at the very end of the film,
1: when Graf leaves the unicorn... And there is the weird unicorn... Dream? Scene. And there's the unicorn dream. You know, and is that a callback? Is that his own implanted memories? Right. Is it his own implanted memory? Because he doesn't share that with anybody. Yeah. And he collects these pictures. You can see them up on his piano. So, I mean, there are right. a lot of clues along the way. Are they real? My own personal take is that Deckard is is human. Because that makes the last scene more impactful. Uh, that oh, very that, much you know, so. the monster that he... He is hunting to, to retire, uh, is the, the one that ends up saving him, and then you have god damn it one of the most touching and human moments in cinematic history mm-hmm. with Ruckard Howard's. I've seen people, i uh, seen things you people wouldn't believe with the, the glittering sea beans off uh, 10 in Ten Gate and the attack shifts on fire off the shoulder of, of Orion. It's just absolutely beautiful scene.
0: I've Seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the a Gate. All those moments will be lost. In time, like tears in rain,
3: time to die. With each time that he has, that he has to retire a replicant, it's hard for him like when he retires Zora, it's emotional for him. when he has to take out Pris it's like one shot, two shot. oh my gosh she's still on the ground screaming and screaming and screaming and he's like, oh my gosh, just die.
1: It was almost like an exorcist yeah, moment it is. oh with Pris dying like just right. die
3: die and then why he, won't, you die? Why won't you die and as he's watching as he's watching Roy you know die and give his monologue like he he feels it. He feels it so much. I mean, so when it comes down to it, I think personally for me i I want Deckard to be a replicant, but i I think I might lean towards the fact that he's not. If he is not a replicant, then he is such a superior model where the emotions are so conflicting for me to think of him as human enough.
1: Yeah, because they talk about the the miracle in Blade Runner twenty forty nine of Deckard and Rachel's child, and it, it could be interpreted as the miracle that two replicants created life, uh, or mm. that a a human and a replicant, which I, I think is the truer case, created that created that life.
2: I have not watched the new one. Oh, I it, it's oh. I think
1: it's it's the the logical successor. It's, it's uh, so good. shot just as beautifully as the original one, and and the original one for me. It, it, a number of things have to be in place. It has to be after dark or late at night. For some reason, watching Blade Runner like on a Sunday afternoon with the windows open, the sun shining, it doesn't feel right. No,
3: because it's so bright and beautiful. It's colorful. It has
1: to be late at night. Uh, and it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, decanting a, a, a very good bottle of old red wine. Mm. Uh, you just sort of sip and just appreciate it. Everything about it. I, you know, I still can't believe that. You know, it is this movie is almost forty years old. But when you see that forty year old movie, it's hard to believe that uh, that it is it is that age. It looks. Stellar. stellar just amazingly shot the special effects the layering of the sets well i mean there were only 90 special effects the miniatures the
3: matte right paintings, the map paintings everything about the it sets. i mean there's 90 special effects that are used throughout the entire film and most of them were very elaborate like miniature pieces i mean from i think it was was it a 2001 a space odyssey the the top of the police station building was the bottom of the ship and they flipped it and they made it into the top of the ceiling or top of the uh, the police station building. The Millennium Falcon supposedly is even one of the skyscrapers. Instead of actually, you know, it flying through the air, it's turned up. But it's so dark, mm. I guess, like you have to have it like, you know, pause frame. Let me draw an outline. of Is that, there it is. Is that true or is um, that like
2: the Wizard of Oz where it's like, oh, one of the munchkins. There, oh, there's a, can, there's
3: a there's a there's a munchkin who hung himself in like, the background. Oh, come on. <laughs> No, I I think that this actually I think this is a, a true little true little fact but I don't know. Ridley Scott's worlds are so big and so vast. Like he creates so much and so well for story and canon that you actually miss a great deal. I mean, we're only shown so many streets and little shops in his, you know, expansive Chinatown. Yeah,
1: the magazine rack they pass one time has original, like, made-up magazines, right. and it's not just the covers. You could pick these up and, like, flip through them. There would be pages and articles. There's
3: so much there. There's so many people going around, people dressed up. I mean, it is a, it is a real, fully immersed and bustling and hustling world. So the fact that there's... Excess footage and so much stuff, enough to literally make seven versions of the film. It does not surprise me. It doesn't shock me at all. And it is it is really interesting to look, again, the, the filming locations, the things that, uh, that uh, Ridley Scott had created. We go back to the Bradbury uh, Hotel, which, uh, you know, uh, Chinatown had part of it filmed in. Again, more locations that we've been before and we've seen.
1: Yeah. And, and I've, we've brought this up a number of times over the course of the seasons, but uh, the overall movie is either enhanced or hurt by its soundtrack. Enhance. And the soundtrack Enhance. done for this, it's iconic. Yes. It's, it's done by a Greek musician who goes by the, the name Vangelis, but there's no, there's no other sounds, there's no other soundtracks. That sound like this and dovetails so wonderfully into this like immersive, futuristic, dystopian The, the high-tech
3: like synthesizer that, you know, brings you in as you're literally hovering with Deckard, you know, over the cityscape. Zooming in towards the Tyrell building This movie mm-hmm. has
2: a lot of music That I almost get confused with Flight of the Navigator That like, <laughs> blah, blah, Compliance. <laughs> like it's It's that future Is eerie type music that but it works it, it definitely it really sets does. the tone it really does. very well
1: nathan the next time you come over i'm gonna have blade runner soundtrack <laughs> blasting in the background i'm gonna be wearing tyrell's <laughs> black glasses rolling up a fucking stromboli for you with noodles inside of it
2: <laughs> i say G- give, me t- give, me uh, give me give four. me two uh, give there. me oh, four two two uh, no give me four <laughs> jack you know i can eat four come on
1: <laughs> i'm gonna make you eat it with a uh a pair of wooden chopsticks <laughs> and you're gonna wipe your mouth on a newspaper, you <laughs> son
2: of a bitch. Also, kind of weird that he doesn't up it should have been the opposite. He should have said, Yeah, you know, give me give me two of those. And you're like, oh yeah, like four? Like upsell, motherfucker. The guy wants to buy something <laughs> like no no no, you get one. I'm like, what? <laughs> he he doesn't wanna like I guess like answering up
3: to him, but then he he's perfectly fine with saying like he say you Blade Runner like you go now well, like and I love that Harrison Ford's eating the noodles in the in the spinner as they're driving to the police
2: station. I feel like
1: he knows it, him. It's though. like it's like a you know, Charlie's Spaghetti Day, <laughs> just just carrying around a gallon Ziploc bag with spaghetti and meatballs. What's your spaghetti <laughs> policy? But it made here? it
2: feel like he knows him when he's, well he knows like, of him because well, Graph this- is a new detective but it sounded like uh he was like ah decker like when he's talking to him he's like mm, they they're, they're here to arrest you man and he's like oh yeah wrong guy like the the the, the two of them kind of had that banter that's why he's not like did you not fucking hear me like i said <laughs> four four <laughs> i've been here three times this week i want the same shit
1: <laughs> so detective graff edward james Olmos's character is like probably on the top 5 in the the book Called supporting cast members, I would have liked to know more. Oh about. yeah,
3: I mean it's it's not like you uh, watch him in um, stand and gosh, deliver. What is it? Uh, stand and deliver. He's dapper How as do I fuck teach too. These
1: kids <laughs> and like his, uh, you know the the acne scars give him this this sort of rakish. Mm-hmm. Look about him and he's always dressed to the nine, especially in the last scene when he's got like his suit and his cloak and his goddamn cane you going. Did a man's on. work. Like they could have done a spin-off movie just with Graf. Wouldn't you I would like to have
3: followed Graph in between Blade Runner and 2049. So
2: I think that would I think that would be great. Gives this like exhibition t- to us, which is a little kinda comes off a little weird when you think about it, you're like, well, wait a minute. Why is he telling Deckard, all this. Has he been retired that long that he like...
3: Well, see, and I think that's part of that the he mystery. he doesn't
2: know, like, what a Replicant is? And, like, he's, like, having to explain a lot of stuff. Well, no. He knows what a but Replicant is because he's but a Blade he's Runner. he's giving us this information that it's like, well, mm-hmm. doesn't Deckard know this? Is This is for our benefit. I get that, you know, as the audience. But a little... Maybe he
3: needs to explain what a Nexus 6 model was. Sure. Or at least what happened. Yeah, that
1: could have just been just could have been exposition. But Brian also does give one of the more compelling hints that maybe Deckard is a replicant when he looks over at him. And he says, "Well, isn't that what we have you here for?" Not that he is a Blade Runner, but he is a replicant himself. You know, that, that's also a little little clue um, along the way. Well, also
3: when he says you have three more, and he said, "There's f-, or no, no, no," he said you have four more. He said, "No, there's three and he's like oh no uh that one that one rachel she ran away and again it just makes you constantly question like did he did he mess up did he mess up and say there's four replicants out still and he accidentally you know gave it away saying that deckard you are
2: the actual one well, he Blade tells them yeah deckard i'm not going to lie to you anyone that's ever gone against a replicant has died i've watched <laughs> agents enter entire clips and hit nothing but air <laughs> <laughs>
1: How do you move like that? You move like one of them.
3: Wake up! Time to die.
1: <laughs> do you know how to fly a flying Goodbye, car, Mister? I will now.
2: <laughs> My name is Rick.
0: Okay.
1: I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. The smell—it's the Let smell.
2: The uh, thank you, Lawrence Fishburne. All right.
1: Oh. <laughs> you know, Sean, Sean Young <laughs>
2: plays Rachel and kind of hot.
1: Yeah, before she went batshit crazy.
2: What? <laughs> Come again? Huh?
1: But before Sean Young went batshit. Oh, shit before crazy. she went crazy.
3: Yeah, I was all like, "What do she's crazy was... in here. Is She not crazy here?"
1: Yeah. So she. There were a number of of small things, but uh she was sued. Uh, by James Woods, which James Woods turned out to be kind of a scumbag. So, it, but for sort of stalking him and like leaving like a disfigured p- doll—that's a term of endearment. Like, come on, That's what, what, a, like, what a bitch! Um, she was. She was originally. Uh, she was originally cast as Vicky Vale in Batman uh but broke her arm and so they recast uh Kim Basinger as the role. So she campaigned to be Catwoman in Batman Returns, uh, and made her own homemade leather cat suit. And I think went on like the Joan Rivers show was trying to like show up at places in this cat suit Michael Keaton <laughs> and uh the director might be uh to try to campaign for this role. I think she was she was escorted or kicked out of one of the Oscars. About ten years oh. ago for questionable behavior. That's yeah. sad. I mean Yeah. yeah. Aww. But you know, F- Finkel's Einhorn, Einhorn's Finkel, <laughs> no. so we'll see. Oh Ace Ventura. <laughs> but she push- She's yeah. good looking.
2: Yeah. She she's a uh, she's worthy of the role, I think. She she plays I mean, she looks like a perfectly plausible replicant. It's yeah,
3: it's it's almost om- yeah, like I mean, you almost have like Perfectly smooth, like, bone structure for it. Her hair being up also adds to that, you know, almost, like, manufactured kind of look. It isn't until she sits down at Deckard's piano and, you know, takes her hair down that, like, you really start to see... I think I think you start to see more of this, like, exceptional beauty that she has.
1: And yeah. and Deckard's just it. looking at her like, I'm gonna fuck that oh robot. Oh, my
3: God. This scene... I think that's the only scene that probably is, like... Ri- it's not comfortable for anyone. Let's see how it's real you overdated. are. It's a little dated. I mean, sorry, this is not how consent works with the robot. Is I mean, <laughs> I don't think it really matters. It's not the mm. fact that people are watching and saying like, "Oh, she's a robot." It doesn't matter if he if he's like raping her.
1: Didn't he just have to do like a? a I think quick
2: a lot of people were, but it still doesn't make it right. Didn't he just have to do like
1: a quick <laughs> catch a sw- cap swipe on on her back? Like I'm not a robot. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Touch all the parts that aren't oh, uh, a stop sign. Okay, you're in. Consent given. It's an,
3: it's an awkward scene to watch that. And it's It's rather interesting where, again, it's more this character development for him where he's just like, oh, I kill you guys. Well, I guess I
2: better sleep with one. Is she qualified? <laughs> I'm skilled in sex uh, <laughs> and the striptease dancing sire. Oh, really? And what would you uh, have me do <laughs> on the <this> situation? <laughs> Ah, no. is he? I don't even know like
3: what model Rachel would have been, because you have Roy, who was a combat model. Zora was a combat model.
1: We'll, we'll breathe, breathe them, them out. out. <laughs> <laughs> Deckard's all over there sitting in the corner, sipping his bourbon, going, I declare the
2: right of prima nocta. No, 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 it's my <laughs> right. I did it no harm. <laughs> if
1: we can't drive the <laughs> Republicans out, we'll breathe, breathe them out. out. Uh, God. Uh, so
3: Pris, haven't really addressed Pris, she's like a I mean okay. Hannah. jump <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's jump in the fact, I mean <laughs> it, you almost seem it almost seems weird how you can kind of coincide where early on when we first see her, she goes up and she nestles up in the trash like she's homeless and trying to stay warm. Which is interesting enough where later on she does that black eye makeup so it's almost like she's like a raccoon. Like, she's like resembling a raccoon. And when we first paint. find her, she's rummaging through the trash and trying to find... A trash panda. She, she's like a trash panda.
1: <laughs> she's a, a salvage unit. She does a good job, though. She she's, does. And you know
3: what? trooper, we- A trooper for acting. Because when she, when uh, J.F. Sebastian came uh, to the Bradbury Hotel and scared her, and she got freaked out and she ran away, if you can see, she trips and she actually hits the car that he showed up in, she actually, I think she either fractured something or- Chipped her elbow. Oh, she tripped her, okay. But she kept going. She turned around and she just kept acting straight away. And that's when, (laughs) and that's when, you know, he says like, oh, come on inside. I have food to eat. And she's like, okay, yeah. And then she starts smiling and gives that look of like, okay, I'm in. (laughs)
1: Like, you you know, she knows who he is. That should have been, uh, you know- proof of purchase to uh, Sebastian that she was a replicant. Though I think he, fig- he did figure I think it he out. figured that out soon enough. And I but think when, would when his creepy little friends come walking up, any woman of, <laughs> jiggity, of, of jiggity, sane, jiggity. rational Welcome, mind would Jay, have been dude. out of there. Like, no, fuck you. I'm going back to the trash pile downstairs.
2: <laughs> do, do you think that whenever Daryl Hannah reads on Reddit, everyone praising Viggo Mortensen for... <laughs> Uh, his broken foot, Lord of the Rings. She's all, "Oh, fuck you!" I (laughs) chipped my elbow. Every
1: time we watch Two Towers, Anna brings it up, and I think she's doing it at this point just so I could go. I know he broke his toe. I know Anna.
2: (laughs) It's impossible for a Lord of the Rings fan to not tell if someone's in the room. They're like, "Hey, did you know that uh, you broke uh, his foot? That scream is (laughs) real. (laughs) (laughs) That cry. That's that's the scene. That's the one. That's the take that they used." Was him breaking his foot. No. <laughs> but I mean, like such a sad character oh, of Sebastian. So I mean I
3: mean so one he has like he so he has Methuselah syndrome, which is like I guess if you were to give it a modern type of like condition, it's almost like progeria. And so he's he ages too quickly and he's all alone. He can't there and is an implication because uh, Pris does ask him like, is that why you're still on Earth? So we do know that there are possibly other colon uh, colonization somewhere.
2: Yeah. But that's, it's sad that he couldn't leave. That this brilliant guy he's very, very smart. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're smart. What matters if you're going to survive the journey, survive on, the. you know, we only want the best out of here. And he's, he's, no, nobody. Yeah, he's
3: alone. And he's making, he's making his own friends.
2: Oh, God. How'd he make him sadder? God.
3: (laughs) 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 What's, What's great is that when Pris comes in after, you know, Sebastian is sleeping and she's like looking around and she does that, she like sniffs him. But could you see the other toy sitting there? It, the toy is like terrified That's, of Pris.
2: I thought I thought there was gonna be more about that where it was gonna be oh like my Don't wake him up like otherwise he'll you know he'll beat us like it, No, well, I think it's I think the toy recognizes
3: what Pris is and knows that she's dangerous. You think the cognitive
2: knowledge that it it recognizes another he's,
3: oh, a, he's a, a genetic a engineer six.
2: I've had a Sebastian Sebastian <laughs>
3: made part of the replicants. There's nothing to say that the brilliance that went into the replicants could not go into his own homemade
1: toys. Yeah. When shit starts to go down in Sebastian's apartment and Deckard shows up, it would have been cool if the little friends like engaged in security mode. Yeah. Like they, they were they will dual dual purpose. And then Deckard had now to fight off like these these like little vicious commodore hat wearing it midget robots
3: like if they don't hear him come in and say i'm home again and he, just, he just like kicks him he goes out of the way peck
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's there's just red red uh targeting beams that come out of the darkness you're not jf <laughs> part of us
3: is in part of you
2: i will s- <laughs> jiggity jiggity time I will to send die Chris to a <laughs> far away place where you cannot hurt her <laughs>
3: I think it's interesting where we aren't given context as an audience that the replicants know exactly who Deckard is. I'm sure they're well aware of that there are Blade Runners, but I want to know exactly how Pris knows to somehow set herself up as like, you know, a fake toy waiting, just possibly waiting for Deckard to somehow come to the Why does
2: Deckard not have a fucking partner there's no backup no he is just a lone dude with a with a pistol that's it
3: because he's because he's a loner dotty a rebel
2: <laughs> wow <laughs> paging mr
3: herman mr herman you have a telephone call <laughs> i know you have a wedding, man.
2: but why does why did it not get see i think that would have made it a just like a tiny bit heavier had he had a partner that would go with him on some of these hunts that uh Maybe, it Maybe would have got like
1: yeah, but I, I think that's the lot of a Blade Runner. It's a very he's you know, the very lone wolf. lone wolf sort of a job. Even yeah. in the second one, uh, uh Ryan Gosling doesn't have a partner.
3: Yeah, and it might be the fact of like pure purely security and safety where. Why should we lose two Blade Runners on a job when only one can die?
1: You've had first Blade Runner, yes. <laughs> yeah, but what about, what about second, second Blade, Blade Runner? <laughs> Runner? But I, I think they knew that they were going to be hunted. I mean they they came down. They came they had back a purpose to Earth in mind, like a. They knew that 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 was going to be happening. Yeah, I think you've had some that
3: were possibly already there, like in hiding. Like Zora was a well-established dance routine with her snake at the club. Leon had just gotten a job. What did we hear in the beginning scene? He had been there for just like six he hadn't been there that
1: long. So the snake dancing scene, they really should have been playing some of the, the music from Jabba's Palace <laughs> while well, she was dancing <laughs> she with
2: that. hot hot. <laughs> yeah, I
1: really do. no bother.
2: That's
3: anagudi. The announcer for it said like, watch Azara, Zara. Like Or not Zora. She has another name, but like watch her as she takes the like ecstasy or pleasure from the snake. And I'm like, what is she doing to that snake?
1: (laughs) Because she's (laughs) holding a thermal detonator.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God.
1: The mighty Chewbacca.
3: The mighty Chewbacca. The, The last scene, though, after, you know. Chris is dead Zora's dead Leon's dead and finally Roy comes back after he has killed his fajah you know he he gouged out the prodigal son's eyes yeah the prodigal son returns it's it's quite hard to meet your maker I want more life. So there's two versions of that. When he he says, "I want more life, father," and then I guess there's another I want more line, life, "Fucker, I want more life, fucker." And then there, then I guess there's like an intermingling of the lines that is in some versions.
2: Faja,
3: fucker, fucker. Meet the fuckers, fuckthar. I mean, personally, I don't think I want more life, fucker has the the emphasis of it. I don't think it has that kick for him to say like, "I want more life, father." I think it's m- more dramatic for him to actually address yeah, but, him as father. And
1: Roy has done his research. Like, Oh, yeah. there They discuss, like, you know, what about this? What about doing that? What about, yeah. uh, you know, retrograde, blah, blah, blah. Nope, tried it. Nope, yep. tried it. Sorry. I
3: was nope. like, sorry, we can't do it. A virus, you know, comes up and it's just like, it's a failsafe. We're sorry. Like, you have a four-year lifespan. We're so sorry. Which there's been debate as to exactly we know Roy's inception date, and then we know when he dies at the end. It it somehow like doesn't match up for this for the how much it is a uh, sink, sinking in the film. But then I guess it's alluded to the fact that Blade Runner in the movie in itself takes over the course of like two months.
1: It could be time dilation from uh, his time spent <laughs> in the uh, outer space. This little maneuver is gonna that me seven more days. <laughs>
3: Don't go Roy! See the other, Don't other go. side, slick <laughs> you But tell I mean him, so Chris.
1: A, a Nexus a has Nexus six has four years of life built into it, then they die. Yeah. They wake up with these implanted memories, but then Roy at some point, and I don't know if all Nexus 6 do, but Roy does, come to the realization that, you know, his time is finite and he doesn't want to leave and that's why they came back. Uh, and that's ultimately why he doesn't kill Deckard because he's go- he knows he's going to die in a matter of moments. He right. could kill Deckard, but that would defeat his whole purpose. You know, he can give Deckard that life that uh, he himself has now denied.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that's straight up why he asked him is like, it's it's uh it's a terrible thing to live in fear. That's what it's heavy. like to be a heavy slave. Heavy. And there's so much behind that to where it's like, obviously, if they don't need me anymore to do their slave and their grunt work, then I'm dead. There's no there's no purpose for me, which the whole thing of that, it reminds me. Of uh, a David Weber novel, the uh, the same man who uh, did the novelization of the Postman, uh, he wrote a novel called Kiln People. So kiln, like you fire uh, like a piece of pottery in a kiln, and they make duplicates. You can make a duplicate of yourself, of me, whatever. And the duplicates go Multiple out and they publicity. do yeah. you know your odd jobs. <laughs> they can do heavy labor, whatever you want them to do. Sure, Gee, bring <laughs> me a monkey. <laughs> and then oh, when you're Mr. done with them, <laughs> you can you know have them destroyed. Yet, <laughs> but in the book the kiln people don't want to be destroyed they want life they want to keep living so it's kind of like this where they they're still striving for the ability to stay alive and why is that not fair
1: that could be a really interesting uh, prequel is yeah. following roy roy batty through his tour of the uh, outer space and the battles that he goes through and maybe what leads him up to this moment where he says no fuck this like we're 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 heading back to earth like i need more life like that, right. that could be a cool premise. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I want
3: to see them escape. Yeah, I want to see them we'll steal see a transport ship and then head back to Earth.
1: Yeah. Shuttle Tidarian. Shuttle Tidarian. Uh, please transmit your access codes. Uh, it's an older code, Parts kid, and sir. <laughs> retired Nexus 6s for the forest moon. Where do they have a code? Uh, Drew, <laughs>
2: since this is your literary, literary adaptation, Tell me about some of the book. Just for I know we, we're we're running pretty heavy on time, but tell me a little bit about why why the book. Oh yeah, oh, man. Like, what's yeah, we're... different from the book? All that kind of stuff because I have not read this thing.
3: So in the book, there's actually like an extra replicant. Uh, a lot of the world itself is actually focusing on not only. I mean, it, it does talk about this. New uh, post-apoc, uh, like post—not post-apocalyptic, but it's um, after a nuclear war's fallout. It's actually not set in New Angel- uh, uh Los Angeles. I was about to say New New, New, New Angeles, yo. like in Demolition Man. It's actually set in futuristic Taco Bell in- won the
1: fast <laughs> food wars. <laughs> it it's set the in futuristic
3: San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deckard is married. Deckard is married and has his wife, and they're discussing like, "Well, we'll she like one of the opening arguments that they have is, well, I wa- i don't want those goats.'" on top of the, they have synthetic goats up on top of their building. They want to get a real, they want to get like a, sh- a real sheep. And again, it's like a thing where it's really expensive. They also have devices called like pleasure, pleasure <laughs> organs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where they can, Sounds like or, a good or, or like emotional <laughs> organs. Sorry, not pleasure. It's, uh, it's emotional organs where people can actually dial in To set in a certain emotional spectrum where we're having an argument, I need to dial in and be prepared for this. Or, you know what you need to do? You know what you need to do, wife. You need to dial in this and be more receptive to me, so you can actually understand what I'm trying to say to you. It's a huge, huge thing. Decker does go on this whole wooden (laughs) chopstick, wooden Gotta dial in my
2: (laughs) lack of suspension of disbelief. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, did did you read this book?
1: No, I've okay. not. I haven't read any of the Philip K. Dick books.
2: Would you say that this is better than the movie, or no? No,
3: uh, the movie makes it a bit more dramatic. Also, in the also in the book, they're never called replicants. They're called uh, they're called androids or Andes. And you have an interesting thing where Roy is Roy's like a pharmacist. He's not exactly like a battle bot. It's it's, it's an interesting him? thing. I'm a doctor, not a combatant. It's really really interesting to read the book, but obviously you have the visualizations are far better. The music, the special effects makeup. I, I think the book is good. I really enjoy the book, but this, this is a better, like, take on it. But I mean, even Philip K. Dick, he, when he saw how Rucker Hauer on set, he said that Rucker Hauer was flawless as Roy. He said that he was Roy. I and realize. when he saw Harrison Ford as Deckard, he said, Oh my God, Deckard exists. Oh. Like, he said that Harrison Ford was Deckard. And it was perfect for him. Unfortunately, Phil K. Dick uh, died a month before the movie premiered, so he never got to see the film. But it's a, it's a
2: enjoy yeah. it, uh, George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> not all of us get that pleasure, <laughs> Dick. Dick, but yeah, finish the book. Finish the book. Even though <laughs> I'm not going to read it, finish the book. <laughs> uh, segments, yeah,
3: yeah, segments 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 that might be the worst one yet
0: (laughs) (laughs) they get worse and worse
3: oh man segment number one
0: do you like our owl it's artificial of course it is
3: In the world of Blade Runner, from the owl to the snake, it seems that having an artificial animal is a sign of wealth and status. However, having a real one is far beyond the pocketbook of anyone. If you could have yourself an artificial creature to call your own at a fraction of the cost of a real one, what would it be? If not an animal, what little friend would you have J.F. Sebastian create for you to hang out at your house and greet you every time you came home?
2: I'll take lead. Okay. I would have him make two. It would be, and this is this may be a little dated, I apologize. I would make him, have him make Chip Hazard an archer from Small Soldiers.
0: Soldiers, no poor sap ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by being all that he
2: can be. Damn the torpedoes or give me death. Eternal vigilance is the price of duty. And to the victors go the spoils. So remember, you are the best of the best, of the few, and the proud. So ask not what your country can do for you. Only regret that you have but one life to live. The war against the Gorgonites will be won. Uh Uh-oh. Commando elite, let the first shot be fired. Search out the Gorgonites and frag them all. <laughs> uh, with Tommy Lee Jones' voice uh, <laughs> and yeah, out yes, I would have. Them, I would come home, and they would. Uh, Jack, you, did you not like this movie? Which one? Small uh, soldiers. Small
1: soldiers. I thought that was a video game. It was a video game.
2: It was a I movie. Have not the, it. Oh. oh, oh.
3: Patreon.com.
2: Nathan Real takes Podcast. <laughs> We'll see you in a tragedy. No. <laughs> oh, <geez>. oh, God. <laughs> so yeah, I would have I would have those two, and I would come home, and they'd be duking it out, and I'd get to just sit back, and I'd jump in I'd and play watch. With them. Sit back and watch? Yeah. <laughs> That's come what home. I guys,
3: guys. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this.
2: All right, let's fight again. Let's fight right. again. Okay, no,
1: fight again. If it was an animal, I'd get a big old grizzly bear. Oh, okay. Uh, it would be... It would be nice but it would be uh, it would also be a, a guardian as well mm-hmm. you see we just taking my grizzly bear for a walk around the neighborhood <laughs> uh, definitely uh, he's got a little nest in the back uh if it was a little friend uh I, i'm kind of unoriginal about it i would just have uh pf sebastian make me tars from interstellar
3: how did you find this place where's my daughter you had the coordinates for this facility marked on your map. Where did you get those coordinates? Where's my daughter? Don't make me take you down again. Sit down. What do you still think, you're a marine, pal? Marines don't exist anymore. Uh, I got grunts like you mowing my grass. Where did you find those coordinates? least yeah, you don't look much like a lawn I
0: think I'll turn you into an overqualified vacuum cleaner. No, you won't.
3: Tars, back down, please. Mm-hmm. oh there you go there you go
1: and he's like super fast folding laundry in the corner and i'm just sitting on the couch with the vehicle. <laughs> come on tars come
2: on Tars, you can do tars. tars. dial back sarcasm about 10 percent. Mm, make it 12 <laughs> <laughs> uh if it was a creature for me i would uh
3: i don't know i've been really fascinated with these little like fox videos on Facebook, this lady has a, a fox sanctuary and just fox. They just seem so cute. They just seem so cute and cuddly. So a fox, if if I could get like a fantasy creature. Oh, my gosh. I want like a pseudo dragon, just like a tiny, a tiny little dragon. And yeah. it could crawl up on your shoulder, sit there. That'd be kind of neat. If I'm going for a, like a, a smaller version of like a little person, man, I want to sit down and hang out. I'll be quite honest. I want to I want to sit down and hang out with Gimli. So I just want like a little version of Gimli. <laughs> to greet me when I come in the door.
2: Final count... Forty-two. Forty-two? Oh... That's not bad for a pointy-eared elvish princeling. (laughs) I myself am sitting pretty on forty-three.
0: Forty-three.
2: He was already dead.
3: He
0: was twitching. He was twitching? Cause he's got my axe embedded in his nervous system.
2: Fully armed and filthy. (laughs) Keep running. Salted pork. That's the key. (laughs) Breathe. (laughs) Every time Drew's cooking, he just goes, salted pork. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's toast. (laughs) God damn it. Next one. Is this to be an empathy test? Capillary dilation of the so-called blush response. Fluctuation of the
0: pupil. Involuntary dilation of the iris. We call it voight Kampf for short.
3: In the futuristic world of 2019, Nexus 6 replicants, also known as Skin Jobs, to Bryant, are basically indistinguishable from humans making people like Deckard and the audience question quite a bit. Has there ever been an example of something so real in a movie, TV show, or even possibly real life that made you really question if something was true or not? Be it through special effects, practical, or even very compelling makeup. Bonus question. Which real-life person would you question that they may possibly be a replicant? Serious and or funny answers are accepted.
1: I'll take this one first. So, both of them harken back to childhood and adolescence. The special effects would be uh, in Big Trouble in Little China when the uh, fury of thunder enlarges and gorges and then blows up. Yes. I was just so, so stunned as a kid growing up. Like, oh, my God. Oh! And then <laughs> it blows out. And you see, like, the viscera come flying through the the archway. I, I love that scene. I still do. Uh, another would be... Um, in Terminator 2 Judgment Day when he takes out the knife and he cuts around his arm and then down it and like de-gloves the skin off his yeah. hand to show him the robot arm I always thought that was an amazing scene when I was a kid so those two uh, little special effect shots uh, I, I still appreciate now but they just blew me away when I was that age and then I don't think you guys will find this too surprising but uh, if, if somebody we knew a friend or an acquaintance uh, was a replicant it would be Cody <coughs> I think I've been Trying to elicit an emotional response for him in the ten years that I've known him, so he he's got void comp tests written all a over him.
2: Butterfly that's dead, sure. And he, and it's kill jar. <laughs> like what do you do? Nothing. The kid's probably doing great. He's a he's a he's a good he's a good little dame. <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> Love you, Cody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Sure.
3: <laughs> okay. If I'm gonna look at something that is. Pretty much through the art of like makeup and practical practical effects or special effects, even in the uh, in film. One that's always fascinated me. And it's not one that more so because I'm a huge, huge fan of the film, but I've always been respecting the uh, the work that went into it. So when you have the Godfather, no practical effect is actually like really used to make him look uh, older. The jowls, there was something that was put on his jowls, though. But like the rest of it is just pure makeup. To make Marlon Brando look aged and weathered, doesn't? Nah, nah, you come to me for a favor? That's always fascinated me. Rocky Dennis in Mask—that's something that could seem very much real. Which well, it, I mean, it is. Spoiler it's alert:
2: it's a real true. condition. <laughs> <laughs> that that? that is—it's a thing. The disease.
1: Thank you for seeing me, Godfather. On this, the day of your daughter's wedding, I hope their first son is a masculine son. Isn't that
2: disease <laughs> real? Like that face. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. That. That's very
3: real. No. Like. Not. Not the actor. No. The I actor know. But. Uh,
2: I thought you were saying that. Like. like oh. oh. That something like that could exist. I'm like. Yeah. No. Spoiler alert. True. It does. Like. <laughs> that shit's real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying
3: it does exist because gotcha. it's so, yeah, it, so. It does look so real, and, and I do same like page. that. And Sam Just for a slight offshoot, if I were gonna go, if I were to go something completely out of the realm, kind of like how Jack said, like you know the special effects with the uh, in Terminator Two, I gotta go with Doug Jones as the Fawn in Pan's Labyrinth. So so good. I I just I love how real it looks, how flawless his movements are. It's oh, it was just so so good and so brilliant in my in my eyes. You could say the Pale Man in Pan's Labyrinth as well, but. I gotta when, go with the when I was a
2: kid, I didn't really understand stop animation or like even really like claymation. I think like I, I just it was so like magical to me, and I just kind of was like, like the
3: skeletons and Jason and Ba-boom. the Argonauts.
2: So when I was a kid and I first watched Jason and the Argonauts, I was like, are those actors? I don't <laughs> what this is. This are those real this skeletons? Is so crazy, <laughs> and it really took me for a trip. Obviously, I was young, stupid. Sue me. Oh, you're a kid. But later on, when I saw Hannibal and uh Mason uh Mason Berger? Viger?
3: From the TV show?
2: No, um the, the movie. Uh Gary oh, okay. Gary Oldman's character.
3: Oh that, the head. That makeup. Oh, oh Gary Oldman's makeup. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah.
2: Like the whole time I'm watching Ooh, it, like yeah. yep, yep. that oh that face, like that is and I'm like, wait a minute. That's Gary Oldman?
3: oh that's amazing it's makeup. one of my favorite wow. roles he does so good before he's fed to pigs so the,
2: <laughs> the person that i think that is probably a replicant is betty white uh she is not <laughs> she's not dead yet and she just she just keeps going she survived covid like she's 99 she's going strong so obviously a robot
3: uh if i'm gonna go with a, with a person possibly, uh, let's go Nick Cage as a replicant because right now he's literally, this could be the crazy stage, just like Roy. He's powering down. He's running around howling like a wolf. Now we have Nick Cage doing anything and everything possible before he dies out and. I cannot wait for like Willy's Wonderland.
1: Oh, um, oh, you and me, too, you and me. Both. I hope he doesn't speak a word in the
3: film. I hope he just stays silent, screams, and kills animatronics. That's all I want
1: from him. <laughs> uh, my wang! It looks
3: fabulous.
1: What was that that movie, honey? Peggy Sue got married. Oh, okay. Nicolas Cage when she's she's tried to canoodle yeah. with him in the car. And she's like, let me touch your your pleasure hammer, <laughs> my wang. <laughs> Uh, but uh, folks you can skip jujitsu uh that was not a good movie <laughs> i still need to I, watch I it i had high hopes that it was going to be like a beautiful shit show and it was just a shit show i still need to watch it
3: that and the iron mask <laughs> and i no. know you've watched both no, I, yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep 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 all right final one
0: it's too bad she won't live but then again who does
3: Officer Graff of the LAPD has an affinity for creating little origami tokens wherever he goes, be it his creativity, boredom, or maybe leaving his mark. If you had to leave your very own calling card or little trinket wherever you went, like Graff, what would it be? What would it signify or say about you? (laughs) I'll go after you. Well, I'll, uh, I'll go first for this. All right. So I would very much be leaving a D20 wherever I went and, uh, if I'm having a good time, I'll leave it uh, you know, twenty side up, critical hit. If I if it's uh, you know, a bad experience or maybe even predicting uh some uh some impending doom for people. Maybe I just leave it
2: uh fumble side
3: up. And of course that's gonna be me and just my obsession with D and
2: would leave little Lego figures. And this is not my uh my most shining moment. When I was a kid, uh we we were at the, the like the Lego store by Disneyland, and it had just opened up not that long, like, after I visited. So, it was there, pretty brand new, and there was a big, like, table that had a bunch of pieces, and you could just, like, build. This is all very, man, pre-
1: Did you steal Legos <sighs> from the Lego store? I stole a
2: shield. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like shit <sighs> afterwards. It was such a badass shield, though, and I like was just like, "This is so cool!" And it was one of those like, you know, like angel on one side, like, <laughs> "What have you done?" <laughs> the demon on the other side. That's a badass shield, Nathan. I like, was like, "What?" Am Don't I listen doing? to that guy. Look at him. He's wearing that. He's wearing that dress. So, so those <laughs> Lego. Please figures,
1: tell me you still have the shield somewhere. I probably do.
2: <laughs> he keeps it in a glass case. <laughs> In a in a safe <laughs> top, men. <laughs> in a warehouse it's like
1: Annabelle's Warning: Do not open under any circumstances.
2: <laughs> but like those little Lego figures would be me saying I'm sorry. It would be left at times of sorrow or saying like, "Hey, I'm sorry. This is my repentance." So yeah, little Lego guys. Okay. All
1: right. uh, if it was me, uh, I would have a uh, a pocket full. Or a small bag full of micro-machine-sized Oscar Mayer wiener mobile. <laughs> I knew it's
3: going to be something sausage-related.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, if if Drew, you go on vacation, you're like, check, you know, here's the keys to the house, you know, can you, can you just stop by and, you know, top off Frodo's food and water, you know, a couple times a week, and Drew would come home to a, a well-fed cat and just a, a miniature Oscar Mayer wiener mobile on his uh, his Are kitchen. you have know, the wiener whistle yeah.
2: like the Santa Claus? Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes! A weenie whistle. <laughs> and, and that just is, is personal to me. If, if I was a, uh, a, a mythical figure, it would be more akin to Johnny Appleseed, mm. uh, where I just roam America just, just, planting, just planting sausage, sausage trees tree. everywhere I go. God
2: bless them. God I bless the sausage it. trees.
1: What would we rate this film, gentlemen?
2: I would give this movie, I would say, four And, uh, and then the, the response would be, Oh, two? And say. No, it's, it's a four. No, two. It's it's not great, It's but it's worth a watch, so I would give it a, a two out of five. Um, oh, wow. It's not something that I I, I go, oh, God, I got to get me a, some Blade Runner on. Like, hot damn. There's plenty mm. of other things to watch.
1: See, I, I specifically remember the first time I saw Blade Runner. It was, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade, and I got really sick, like uh, strep throat or, or something like that, where you're not going to be out just one right. day, you're going to be out for a couple days. And anytime that happened, my mom would, uh, I, I would make a list, and my mom would go down to your your friendly neighborhood blockbuster and would just pick up like half a dozen movies uh, for <laughs> me to watch uh, while I was rec- recuperating. And one of them was, on this occasion, Blade Runner, and it came with the like the two cassette tapes that were like rubber banded together. And, uh, it still has a place in my heart. We know when I heard that the, the final cut was coming out, I think was like 2006, 2007, Mm -hmm. like I jumped right on that. So this movie is one of my favorites. It's a hallmark for me. And I, I do watch it usually once a year. And I'm so glad now that it has the companion piece of Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, which I think is, is just a, a perfect sequel for it. But it has to be late at night. Uh, it has to be maybe cold or rainy and i just sit there and just am happy as, as happy as can be so i give it 4 Ooh. years out of 4 years of replicant life mm. 4 out of 4 mm. or 2 out of 2 wooden chops. <laughs> <Such a> dick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's, it's something that I think you can appreciate again and again the more you watch it because you notice more. You, you watch the characterization being built. And while many would claim that it is a perfect movie, I think there's far too many versions that you could watch to find some imperfections, to find some things that could be wrong with it. But then again, I'm also sticking mainly with the 2007 director's cut. Uh, with that, I give it a very, very solid Four and a half out of five, four for the replicants that were assigned, the half for the balancing tightrope of whether Deckard is a replicant or not, four and a half out of five,
1: yeah, and sometimes if i've uh've had some bourbon, like I will just queue up Roy Beatty's death speech mm, wow. and just like then stare at the credits as they roll by. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so the Patreon-exclusive uh, offer for Blade Runner is uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep Bed and Breakfast? While enjoying your stay, you can take part in a variety of, t- of activities. There is Deckard's noodle-pulling class, <laughs> Learn to Make, Pull, and Cook Your Own Delicious Noodle Dish. Uh, there is uh, Detective Graf's origami oh. class, Rachel's Fashion Boutique, and don't forget to visit Zora's Exotic Petting Zoo, or P.F. Sebastian's Hall of Animatronic Oddities. <laughs> have, a, have a scotch in Roy's Poetry Corner and finish off your evening in a warm fur coat at Hannibal Chew's Sub-Zero <laughs> Ice Bar. <laughs> this can all be yours for a one-time investment of $25 million.
2: And we'll even throw in a pair of chopsticks. I like it. And I even like the color. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and
1: for like Nathan, the they will be synthetic yeah. or reusable chopsticks. <laughs> And all the newspapers and periodicals oh. will be on a tablet.
2: We're now cyberpunk, <laughs> finally. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> We're complete.
1: <laughs> there we go. Uh, so what have you guys been watching Ooh. the past couple of weeks? Oh, gosh.
3: In the past just, couple of weeks, well, it's it's come down to uh, obvious. Just watched Tenet? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yep, we did just watch Tenet. What else was I watching? That was something. Tenet was something. Yeah, it was. Tenet was uh, very, very much something. I, I recently watched a fabulous documentary, The second second part in search of darkness 2 which i was very happy that i backed my name's in the credits um oh, oh oh it's uh it's basically it's a documentary on 80s horror movies so i mean i was just i was comfy as a clam just sitting on the couch blanket all nestled up cup of tea in my in my hands it was a it was a good afternoon i mean it's a lengthy documentary it's like 4 hours but um oh, wow. but i mean it was just it was just a good day yeah a couple movies here and there most people can go on my letterbox and they can see what I've been watching. The also been watching Your Honor on Showtime. Uh, I'm not
1: completely oh. caught up, but uh, it does scratch the because I recently completely rewatched the entire Breaking Bad, so it is scratching that uh, Brian Cranston itch. It's so good.
2: I've been scratching that itch with uh, with Seinfeld. He's surprisingly in, I think, like four or five episodes. So I was just kind of like, oh. Well, there's Brian Cranston, all right.
1: Um, The dentist.
2: The itch (laughs) itch has been scratched.
3: You know, I recently started, like, uh, I I restarted Law & Order SVU on Hulu, so I'm watching it from the beginning and then just keep going and just want to catch up and whatnot. If you're watching
2: the 27 seasons of SVU, Jesus Christ Drew
1: are you serious But Supernatural's over so you gotta find Some other massive <laughs> fucking to series to go into? But you know it's
3: crazy watching it from the Beginning so it's like you know it's the 90s And you're seeing everything progress and They're gaining in years and whatnot. but it's So many people that you recognize Oof. Now as like big name actors And they're having like small little Cameos or they're there for Whatever but it's interesting just watching The early episodes you can see how many people have like little Bit parts or cameos until they actually like really made it big. I've
2: wanted to go back and watch ER for that reason because there's so many like cameos and people that kind of come through. George Clooney was in his heyday. Yeah. Speaking of George Clooney saw Midnight Sky. No. Is that any good? It is not. No. But then part of it is because I think I wanted more out of it. Like I wanted it to be something it just like is the story not enough? Is the acting not acting's good? I just think that it's kind of one of those like what was the point like meh
1: okay mm, we'll see so Anne and i went through the first season of bridgerton on netflix okay. and uh and i get in this we had <laughs> we enjoyed the hell out of it because you know if if she goes the main character goes for a walk with the duke in you know the the dark secluded garden and somebody sees him scandal <laughs> So, like, every time something happens, like, we're just sh- shouting scandal at each other from, uh, from across the <laughs> it, room.
2: It looks like it's, like, a very... Oh.
1: Did he touch the small of her back? Scandal!
2: I can see her ankles! It looks scandal. very modernized, though. Is it, like, a modernized version? Or
1: It's, yeah, it's it's not... There's no... It's a period okay. piece in, like, an alternate reality. Like, there's... Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, it is it is odd because, uh, you know, the guy that she falls in love with, uh, you know, he swears that he is, he will never, he's not going to continue his line. Like, the, the line of progression, like, he swears to his father on his deathbed that I'm not going to, ha- you know, th- th- it ends with me, but then again, falls in love with this girl, and so... You know, when when like this, the feel good moment comes, and it's basically just he allows her, or he allows himself to come inside her. You're sort of like, mm, well, okay, well, I guess there's that. What's a deathbed right. wish, anyways? You know. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, it's a uh, Bridgerton uh, great costumes, uh, great send, cast, send uh, the and sperm. a little bit of all dogging. So you know. the dead something for nothing. everyone, and, something for the whole family. <laughs> and then uh, on a, on a lighter note, we went through the uh, the Annabelle movies oh yeah uh, which uh the first one i think was better uh the second one was was just a garbage movie where it's like here's a a room in the house where all these demon-possessed objects are let's just unleash them all but no one's gonna have any consequences or get hurt it's just gonna be kind of scary on the surface uh so we are finishing annabelle origins so, which oh, is Annabelle, the third one. Annabelle
3: uh, Creations? Creations. Yeah. And then
1: what's the fourth one? Well, right? Annabelle There's Comes one Home. <laughs> Annabelle Comes Home. We watched that. Yeah, okay. I thought that was the second one.
3: Yeah. Oh, maybe then.
1: Is there four then? I'm trying to. Th- I th- it's the, I th- th- I thought the there was only Conjuring universe. Well, yeah. And it, it is brushed on in The Conjuring. Like, I think they they show the room where, you know, the Warrens have all their, their objects and they do you know Annabelle is in her case in one of the uh Conjuring movies. Okay, uh, sorry, so. then that's my mistake. There are
3: only 3. Yeah, it's just Annabelle, Annabelle uh Creation and then Annabelle uh, Comes Home. Yeah. That's yeah, either. okay. Yeah, Annabelle Comes Home I thought was
1: horrid. They could have had a really genuinely good spooky movie on there. They just they went over the top with it. It's like they tried to um Cabin in the Woods it mm.
0: Mm. But without
1: all the fun of Cabin in the Woods, like there's all these like ghosts and demons like prowl in the house, but we don't know any backstory behind them or like what their motivations are. It's just kids running around screaming, but they they fix it by the time mommy and daddy get home. Okay. And it's yeah, like yeah, it, everything's yeah. okay after that. So, like, yeah, well, this is was a waste of time.
2: Brooke just went through the first season of Lupin, a French dove. The, the,
3: the The French thief, yeah.
2: Yeah. It, it, I've watched the first episode and she, of course, it looks good through the whole thing. But yeah, it was, it's, it's okay so far. I was enjoying that over a nice meal of Fergotti's takeout. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fergotti's is like our town's like fancy. They can Italian. look it up,
2: Drew. They can look it up.
1: <laughs> eh, it's not fancy. It's, it's, it's the, it's the red sauce factory. I'd say the fancy Italian place is Eurekio's uh, downtown, mm.
2: Luigi's. <sighs>
1: <sighs> the Ouija just gives me heartburn. Like, uh, if it's like, hey, Jack, you want heartburn tonight? Oh, let's get some Luigi's. You so can good. go to Joseph's and get some massive calzones. They've got decent calzones at uh, Frugati's.
2: Hmm. How do people get yeah. in touch with us and call
1: that line? It's line. <laughs> it's Toochline now.
3: Well, people can always... Look us up on Facebook. They can search for the real feels podcast. They can look for us up on Twitter. We are at real feels pod. There is the Instagram that people can always look up as well. But if people want to be calling that touch line, if you want to be leaving us some warm feels, people, the warmest of feels, we would love for you to call that touch line. That number is
1: 661-376-0030. Come and knock on so our call door. Our <laughs> We've been waiting for you. Leave a voicemail
2: out there, the beep.
1: (laughs) Three's company, too. (laughs) Uh.
3: But, guys, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to call the Tooch line, if you don't want to hit us up on Twitter or anything like that, the best thing that you can do for this podcast to help us reach everybody and give them all the feels, go up on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a nice five-star review because the more that you rate this podcast, the higher we are in the actual rankings and the more people can find us. But of course, word of mouth is always your best bet. That's
1: right. So, what is uh, what's coming up for us
3: the next couple episodes here? Oh gosh, coming up for us, guys! This is the last episode of season three. We are we are done with the return of the fields. It's been good. It's been good. This is a good season nope. three. But we have season four.
1: Help but me you'll die. take this mask off. <laughs> but you'll die. Let me look on you with my own eyes. It's like that
2: part in Apollo 13 when they uh, finally let go of the the, uh, the lunar and they just see it kind of drifting off and it's like it's been good to us. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. It's like Jack it's kind just of bacon kind of though. slowly.
2: No, 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 no! It's it's no. like Jack from Titanic
1: slowly sinking into the depths.
3: Uh,
1: or or a Terminator two with the the thumbs up, The thumb going down, Yep, like yep, yep. lowered into lava.
3: But now we do have season four coming up. That will be happening uh, ten uh, for our uh, our anniversary, which is in February, guys. And we we did come up with our we season four name.
1: The ba- son ba- of a bitch it! Ba-
3: so we are going to be Real Phil's podcast, season four, The Fellowship
2: of the
1: Feet. I will take it, but I do not know the way. <laughs> well, I will take carry
2: this stone, button,
1: no. Jack, <laughs> as long as
2: yours depends. <laughs> All right,
1: then. Keep your fucking <laughs> secrets.
3: And you guys, much like has been our tradition, we will be kicking off season four with the next installment down the line for the Tremors (laughs) franchise. We're sorry. Tremors four, the legend begins. (laughs) Oh, God. I can't fucking wait.
1: It's going to be great. Oh. You're all going to enjoy it. You bitches. I hope it's better than the last one.
2: <laughs> Recording your tremors <laughs> won't bring That's, it's that's, worth that's my Your tremors won't bring your I always viewers get back. worse
3: with each movie. Well, guys, hey, thank you for joining us for season three. This has been a we fantastic year. And, you know, we couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you for all of that. All the support. All the, you know, everything that you guys are giving us. So until we see you in season four, remember, you're the realist
1: And the feelist. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beans glitter in the dark near Tanhazard All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain.
2: Wake up. <laughs> time to die. <laughs> time, time to, to die. die.